Well, hello, friends and neighbors and comedy film nerderies. <laughs> Some of you are neighbors. Some of you are neighbors. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's comedy film. It's episode four hundred thirty-five, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Well, that's our guest. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah, sort of I look I'll answer you. to Mike. Yeah, so I, call yeah. You. I mean, you called Aaron Neal, so wow. uh, that's okay. I'm really done with everybody's yeah, yeah. regular <laughs> names. I'm, I'm just making. I'm, I'm, I really don't think people should. I'm tired of the restrictions of the of the man. As long as we know who you mean, it doesn't matter. If I'm looking yeah, at you and I'm yeah, talking, just accept fine. it, man. Why yeah. you gotta like let you society know. tell you who you're supposed you know, to be? There are too many rules. Yeah, yeah. man. If Today I'm gonna look... I'll be going by Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll just let it go. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> We're halfway to eight seventy. No, there's no privacy on the internet yeah, anyway, man. man. If they just... really want to know your name, they'll find it. Can we just <laughs> can we just throw away the labels and yeah. just be more free with mm-hmm. who are who we are? You know what? Speaking of neighbors, our guest actually is a neighbor. Every time we record, he's directly above us. He really is mm-hmm. because he sleeps in a crawl space. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we keep him up there. You'll see him at Shriek Fest a little later. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> we found this gentleman. He's kind of like a stowaway or a squatter, yeah. if you will. And we figured we might as well bring him on the show. Yeah. I mean, if he's already in the crawl space, he's only a few feet away from the show anyway. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that he always listens in. You always just hear like an eye or an ear kind of floating above us. And a do. creaking. And a creaking. Yeah. So, you know, if like, a, you know, we're doing an ad read or something, you know, we hear the creaking and then the creaking yeah. come back, you know. Like, always watching. Always yes. watching. So let's bring him down into the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bertolina, everybody, who tell everyone what your job here is. I run other than uh, attic creeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the general sort of like creep who hangs in <laughs> a crazy little window. Uh, no, I, I run all things comedy. It's which, as many I'm sure of your listeners know, is a comedy podcast network, mm-hmm. and amongst other things. Amongst other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And so tell everybody a little bit. I, there's some big news that just got announced. Yes, we uh, just struck a deal with Comedy Central. We're going to be releasing uh, three one-hour specials um, and uh, a new Faces of Comedy series that we're going to be doing, hosted by our own Bill Burr. Oh, That's fantastic. So we're going to take this opportunity to uh, to break some new talent, help some people break through, and... Uh, <clears throat> showcase some of those uh, those uh, new comics that everybody that we all know, but the world doesn't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're really excited about it. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, you guys do also a lot of uh, programming for other streaming networks, like you do. Uh you do stuff for YouTube, and you do uh, I do some stuff for Facebook too, right? We do well. We create a lot of our own uh, original video content. Mm-hmm. We use those as platforms to grow the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a it's been a good year for that. We started releasing original videos at the beginning of the year, right? Um, and uh, we've got several that are doing really really well, particularly on particularly on YouTube and Facebook. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some short form stuff on Instagram. Um, and now uh, we're talking to a lot of these bigger distribution platforms that mm-hmm. want our stuff. And we'll figure out how to do that. And then that's great. It's mm-hmm. going to be year two of the ATC Festival in Phoenix. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's coming up at the end of October, the 26th to the 28th. I hope I got those dates right. 25th. 25th. <laughs> See? Close enough. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Steve, that's close enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Thank uh, you, Mitch, for the correction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody comes out. It's going to be really great. We got a lot, a great lineup of comedy film nerds, of course, is going to mm-hmm. be there. Um, uh, Bill Burr is going to be doing the Monday Morning Podcast as well as stand up. 
Um, we got some new additions. Uh, Middleditch and Schwartz are going to be doing their show. Uh, Natasha and Moshe are going to be nice. doing theirs. Uh, Big J is coming out to do his uh, his crowd work show. So. <clears throat> a lot of great stuff. Yeah, we just kind of trying to expand. Oh yeah, I had so much fun at it last year. I mean, that that mm. was the, it was fun for us on several levels, just as running festivals, and we know the work that's involved. Yes, so we're, very, <laughs> we're very like had much respect for everything you guys put on. Thanks. So whenever there's a perk, we know a how hard it is to get yeah. to get <laughs> yeah. a and b that um, that it's like it's something that only someone involved on the other side of the festival would understand that the performers would appreciate yeah. that like anything from free food to like a shuttle bus right. like you know um you know if you have a um uh, a festival promoter or a programmer that only does festivals you're like why do they need that you right. were giving them a hotel room yeah. they don't need a shuttle bus they don't need free food the well, hell with them we've got yeah. great <laughs> partners and some really good sponsors this year and uh, it's definitely helping us to uh, make it a great experience for the comics as much as the fans. Uh, mm-hmm. I, Graham, I think you're the one that last time said it felt like summer camp for comics. It yeah. really was. <laughs> it was summer camp for comics, and I yeah. felt I felt so appreciated, and I had such a blast. I remember just mm-hmm. laughing for three days straight. Yeah. It's like we. It's the thing we always loved about Podfest was like it, it, we're you know we're all busy, we're all on the road, and when we all can get together, we just like catch up and laugh. Yeah. I mean, I la- I laughed my ass off for the whole time I was there. Yeah, it was really fun, and and we liked that it was a real collaborative uh, festival because we had these ticketed events, and we still have those th- this year. But we also build this pop up podcast studio where a ton of podcasts are just running all throughout the day and everybody was just jumping in on each other's show. Right. Which was really Mm -hmm. fun to see. It was like a, our first time seeing a physical representation of this idea of all things comedy, this Mm -hmm. comics coming together, creating their own things, owning their own things and getting it out in front of their audiences. And that, that's such, I mean, really that is the vibe here. We've talked about it. One of the things we love since we moved the podcast from Chris's garage to your Mm -hmm. studio is We've snatched up so many great guests just because they're hanging out here yeah. because they were just on another show or they're yeah. doing the show after ours or whatever. And it's like, hey. And if we have a guest that uh, drops out at the last minute, our immediate question is, well, who's on Punch Drunk today? Who's on Because they yeah. report right ahead of yeah. us. So it's yeah. like... Try to grab them. Don't try, let them leave. And <laughs> hey, I think there were a couple fighting strippers today. Is that right? <laughs> so I think that would have been an interesting show. Oh, what if yeah, I just yeah. said you end up with this nerd? So, you know, what are you going to do? No, I mean, literally, we got Darren Carter on the show last week for that very reason. And yeah. we both have known Darren for years. Yeah. Haven't seen him in forever. So you're like, this is, yeah. it's it's the vibe. I mean, I directed the, uh, this, this, commercial this PSA for open primaries back in June and I remember our location fell out 48 hours before shooting and I called you just like in a panic and you were like yeah come use the studio this weekend and that was like such the that's the vibe yeah it's just like I'm directing this thing and I need some help you guys like yeah absolutely and you made it work It, it was just such a thing that we we have really benefited from yeah. and love being a part of. Yeah, we like to think of it as like just as much a clubhouse as a playground. Yeah. A place where you can right. come in, we have the tools you need to make things and we want to encourage people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a, we've created... Made but you do make everyone wear smoking jackets, which is a little weird. That's the club element. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure. And you get certain patches yeah. the more <laughs> achievements that you get. Uh, no, but I, I uh, you know, this ATC for a long time was this great grand idea. And that's what's been really rewarding about this past year 
uh, once we sort of organized and put a team behind it and focused on creating more content and and giving a, putting a team behind all of these comics to help build this stuff. Um, it just to see the way that the fans have have drawn towards it, and now more of the comics are starting to be drawn towards it because uh, if you you're creators, and we want to make help creators create. Yeah. No, I dig it, man. You know, whenever we record, I always stay here and I post the episodes from here and everything because yeah. I just like the vibe. I like yeah. being in the green room, hanging out and. You know, I usually microwave up some kind of food, and that's why I was Yeah, you take over the break room, which yeah. I really like. I, every time I come here, it's like, oh, Graham, yeah. Graham's back in his office. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting changed. <laughs> Please put those pants back on. He's yeah. getting his nails done. Yeah. This seems like an odd place to make that happen. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, th- and, 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 and also, the perfect fit of having you on the show, we were talking, because you, you like watching a lot of movies, and you used to work... As a as a prop master, yeah, mm-hmm. I was a prop master for twelve years. I've had a very strange career path, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was my that was my professional start. How do you go from prop master to running a podcast festival with a bunch of uh, degenerate comedians? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a roadmap that made sense. Uh, you don't no. hear that. That's not a normal leap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you the story. I I <laughs> I was a film school grad and fell into props because I dated a prop girl and I thought that it was a really cool job. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I had a career. You know, you, you find something, you like it. I, and I really loved the job. It was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Uh, if you like something, you're generally good at it. And, um, and I was. So I just it turned from one show to the next show to the next show, and you're on this spinning wheel rolling down a hill and there's no way off right and i hit one this freelance job to the next yeah that's right mm-hmm. and you're usually booking your next one right when you're in the middle of another right. um and i hit this point where i just felt like there was no change like the movies got bigger mm-hmm. uh, but it was all the same shit mm-hmm. and i hit the, and i just wanted i wanted something different i wanted to break out of it so i took an educational sabbatical i uh i went back to business school uh, rented out my house here, moved my family to San Francisco for a couple of years, oh, got wow. my MBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was up in San Francisco, I started um, working with brands and the agencies and things like that. And I uh, uh, worked with a company called IDO. And then I came back here and I did two things. I started working in branded entertainment. I started a, a small product placement agency and uh, and I started working with Al on all things comedy because he and he and Bill were just starting this thing. Right. And I was working with brands and I asked him like this is before they even had an office. Yeah, there was no <laughs> there wasn't really much of anything. And uh, he hadn't done anything yet. And so we put together a couple brand deals and and then I just got involved. And um, and then uh, I, you know the the enter- brand entertainment career started growing for me as ATC started gaining all this traction, but it was a side hustle, as it was for a lot of people. Right. It was for mm-hmm. Bill, it was for Al, they were focused on their other things. Right. And then um, a couple of years ago, we got together and said, let's, let's turn this into a, a, a real business. Because I think the one challenge with ATC for a long time was um, it was so independent and so there were no rules, and there still are no rules for what you guys want to create. Mm-hmm. But the lack of, of entity at the center of all things comedy just kept it a little too loose, and it, it wasn't growing as a company. 
So we raised a little capital. We partnered with Soapbox Films, uh, who gives us amazing infrastructure to create. They have all their amazing state-of-the-art post facilities, a spectacular team over there. And uh, I quit my job, and I've been here running this full-time since July of 17. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's noticeable, the yes, difference thanks. in, you know, like ATC going from a cool idea to like to an office action, space, to office space <laughs> yeah. with a sound stage and yep. a recording studio. Yeah. And I'm getting oh, deals with networks now. It's yeah, cool. yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is which is huge. So yeah. that's cool. Um, all, right. all right. Well, let's let's, let's talk about some movies. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Let's, let's do cut that. The nonsense. Yeah. So, let's, talk, let's talk about movies I haven't seen. So, <laughs> we'll be talking about the one you have seen okay. as well. Uh, the Operation Finale. I went. I got to see with uh, okay. with Oscar Isaac and um, Ben Kingsley. And who plays Eichmann? Who plays Eichmann? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is a was a movie that I was interested in. It was a, I, I wouldn't say it's an action movie. It's more of a drama about how um, uh, I think it's Mossad, the Israeli uh, special forces, mm -hmm. uh, went to Argentina to basically find um, Adolf Eichmann and hold him accountable for being the architect of the Final Solution. So what's interesting is I was reading the trivia. He was not particularly well-known as a Nazi outside of Germany until his escape from capture after the war. Prior to Eichmann's capture in the trial, which brought focus to his responsibility in transporting victims to the camps, the man most associated with being architect of the final solution was Reinhard Heydrich, who was assassinated during the war. And that's for the uh, little history nerds that uh, want to know exactly what happened. Now, here's the interesting thing about this movie. Um, unfortunately, it's not a great movie, <laughs> oh, really? and I was I was really disappointed. It, it was this is this is <clears throat> where I mean this is a we're starting and we're ramping into Oscar. Yes, yeah, and uh, this one was I really this had the vibe of like we wanted this to be an Oscar movie, didn't quite pan out that way. Let's release it early when no one else is releasing yeah. anything and try to at least make some of our money back. Um, it, it was it's one of those movies that you can't really um, specifically put your finger on what went wrong. Because it's got great actors, it's got good performances, but ultimately, period I think, piece. yeah, historical period piece, drama. yeah, historical drama, based on a true story, like everything. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, a but World very War II drama. Very significant, <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, I think, as I was looking at like the credits, and uh, I was watching like this film, ultimately, the uh, I think the fault goes to the director, Chris Weitz, okay. and uh, and oh, the reason Chris Weitz, okay, yeah, and the reason is because. Uh, if you look up his um, um, IMDb history, he's he kind of goes from genre to genre, and he has a specialty. His specialty is human relationships, like about a boy, and all these like really kind of heartfelt type um, scenes that he's really good at at uh, um, at directing. When he goes out of that comfort zone, things happen. <laughs> And like one of the things too, if if you pull him up, uh, Aaron, uh, did he also direct the Golden Compass? He, I believe. Um, or was that his brother? Um, or was that him? That I don't know. We, that's yeah. what we got. We got to look it up. <laughs> so, I'm but up right I'm thinking like as I was as I was watching this, I really felt like um, this was a, a director that just this isn't his genre. It's not his comfort zone, and it kind of shows in what he. Um, oh, that's him. Uh, in what he. Um, is able to direct like he's Golden Compass, right? Yeah, that's him, yeah. Yeah, Golden and Compass, uh, also yeah. about a boy. Yeah. So, and about a boy is a fantastic film. So, he directed a oh, Down to Earth, The Better uh, Life. Yeah, yeah, a Better yeah. Life. 
and the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Saga New Moon. Oh, okay. Well, there. <laughs> uh, that, I, I can't blame him for that because that that yeah, was off the rails regardless of well, what he could do with it. he's just brought in in the middle of a big yeah, yeah. Oddly, he's listed for American Pie as director uncredited. I think that was him and his brothers. Oh, was that his right? brothers together. So... So that's where his strength lies. But when you take him out of the like, Golden Compass was a disaster. Uh, you know, and this movie, the problem with this movie is when you have a bunch of secret agents from Israel, and they're um, looking for a Nazi hiding in Argentina. This film should have a fair amount of tension to it, <laughs> and it did not. The uh. entire movie is completely tensionless and you know you could see as the shots are being um um, composed and the editing is being put together like this is supposed to be a tense scene it's not this is supposed to be a dramatic scene it's not like everything is off by like one kilter like uh, like a really weird way like even like the uh um so it also makes you appreciate like how hard tension is to get across on in a film yeah Uh, especially if you have great actors you know, great performances. And ultimately, you know, the, with the directing and the editing, like it falls flat because it's a long movie. It's at least a half an hour too long. And all the scenes that are supposed to be ratcheted up with tension and they're not like, like there never feels like there's any danger in like, you know, oh. these secret agents like trying to get him out of the country. Like, all right, well, we have a deadline. We got to get him out. I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel like, like who's, Who's chasing you? Like who's yeah. who's trying to find you? And, and and like there's never that like ticking clock of like um, of the danger of like like a good example is uh, um, Munich. Yeah, like that movie was right. full of tension. Like every single scene and every single part. Yeah, you felt not only that um, that tension, but also you felt like that. Um, cat and mouse chase of what's going on like oh they're secret right. agents they're they're killing each other they're deadly and there's like there's double agents there was and there's physical danger yeah there reasons. was actual danger and which created actual tension uh-huh. yeah and it's like so. too and, and, and which you bring up a good point because we know the outcome of munich yes mm-hmm. but still we're watching that movie going oh my god yeah, yeah. that's good that's good tension in a historical drama when right. the audience is like how the hell did they pull this yeah, off? I know right. they did, but man. And this was the same thing here. Like, I know what happens here. You know, they get him and they put him on trial. But I want to see how they get him. I want to see everything that went wrong. I want to see how hard it was. And we never really see a lot of that. We just feel like we're kind of going from scene to scene. I'm like, all right, they're, they're sent this assignment. They go. They do it. They have him hold up in a safe house. And then it's never explained why. They can't leave until they get him to sign a confession. Like, well, wait, this makes no sense. You, you're a secret o- operation. Why do you need him to sign this piece of paper before you get him out and put him on trial? Like, there was, there was these weird kind of things. Like, if that's historically accurate, great, but it's never really explained in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what the reason is for this? So they followed and, the roadmap to get step to step to step. Right. But the journey there. It fe- wasn't particularly. It felt like you were watching. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It felt like you're watching cliff notes of these events. Right. Like, uh, okay, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, this happened. There was no drama or tension throughout the entire thing, and also the casting was a little off of the supporting characters. Like, I not- like Nick Kroll, and you know, he was a kind of like you know quippy and flippant in scenes, and like, but. At the same time, is like, well, isn't he a secret agent too? Would he really be acting like that? Yeah. Uh, Nick Kroll uh, is an interesting choice. I, mm-hmm. I love him, but uh, yeah. I so, expect to see him. And also, like, oh, all these guys are spies, but they just, it just seems like a, 
you know, a, a, a travel club that just showed up in Argentina from Israel. <laughs> like, uh, like it huh. was it was a weird kind of feel and dynamic. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, if you had, uh, you know, in better with a with a director that had more experience with this genre, I think this film could have come out a lot better. So it was ultimately an odd choice. I want to ask Mike this. So mm-hmm. all those years of being a prop master, obviously no, they always say nobody sets out to make a bad movie. And I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody, you, you know, you've got Ben Kingsley, you've got Oscar Isaac, you've got this like, okay, yeah. we got a shot at making. Have you ever been on the set of a film and went, this is going to be terrible? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've had that experience. Although it's it's really funny because uh, sometimes we are together as a crew, and you go, "This is going to be awful," and it just sings and it works out really well. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you think it's the best thing in the world, and it just falls flat. So there's right. a lot. There's a lot that. When, when, let's talk about that, since yeah. that's kind of probably my guess is what happened. Everybody yes. got together in this movie. Went, oh, here we go. This Oscar. is it. Oscar, yeah. get the elements you need. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd be curious to read the script and see if yeah. there's something missing there as mm-hmm. well, um, because you know sometimes you'll you'll read the script and you'll say, well, maybe it'll come together, and uh, and it does, um, but. You by and you cover up for mistakes by making really great casting choices. And right. You have a great production designer who puts together a really beautiful uh, set and presentation, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Some, or you have some, a great, or something just. You have a great dramatized and, story, like you know, like even Argo, like you know, Argo yeah. was so brilliantly put together. That's as another. Like, that's a great yeah. example of a film where we knew exactly what was going to happen. Right. But we're. We were along for the, on the ride. edge of our seats the yeah. entire time. The entire yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you though. So going back to the the, yeah, the, right. the time you worked on something. This movie, you were on the entire seat the entire time. Right. Yeah. There was no edge. There's no edge. <laughs> you were yeah. in the yeah. back. You were there. Seat, yeah. yeah. Leaning back. Leaning yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Looking at your watch. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much. So when that happened, when you worked on a movie and and you were like, oh, this could really be something, and then you saw the final product. Were you able to go, oh, they didn't this, or I remember when they shot that, or man, what the hell were they editing? Like, I'm where, trying to think of an anything? example where everybody thought it was great, but it didn't come out well. Um, I, you know, I've gotten more the other direction, where uh, like we all thought it was not great, and or we just knew it was a piece of shit, and, and there you go. And it was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, so... I don't know if I want to. So there was a movie that the end result I didn't think was as great as I originally thought it was going to be. It wasn't bad, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely wasn't as good as the original script and what we were trying to do. That was a movie called Paul with uh, that um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I don't know if you guys okay. remember the film. Oh, the uh, one about the alien? The alien. Oh, yeah. 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 Like I saw that lo- movie. Lo- love the script. We we had so much fun making that film. Like It was a blast. The whole crew was phenomenal. Everybody was along for a really fun ride. And then I saw it and I was just like, ah. It fell flat. It wasn't what I was, I thought we were making, you know? Mm-hmm. So some there were some choices that were made along the way that I think, whether it was in post or whatnot. Also, you got to think, that alien wasn't there the whole time while we were right, right. movie. Right, right. <laughs> In fact, uh, it was funny because Seth Rogen wa- did, the voice. did the voice. Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually Joe Latrulio who was on set um, doing the voice for, for the cast members. And he was awesome. And we had a lot of energy and fun off of him on set. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen was never there. So 
um, I don't know. That was an interesting example where. Well, it was it was also a great example of a film like the concept was like, oh, I can't. This sounds really funny and fun. I can't yeah. wait to see this. And then I watched the movie. And I'm like, that's oh, not what I thought it was going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think you, you coming off of having seen you know Shaun of the Dead and Hot right. Fuzz, and you mm-hmm. thought that there's also a different director on those films too. Right. You know, Edgar Wright wasn't there. It was definitely a, a big chunk of his team, but it wasn't it wasn't an Edgar Wright film. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about you saw Mike Sisters Brothers. Yes, I did see Sisters mm-hmm. Brothers. What did what? Tell us about. I don't have notes, but I can definitely Our, share. Yes. <laughs> um, so Sisters Brothers is a movie. It's a it's about it's a two, western. It's a western, mm-hmm. um, set in uh, Oregon and Northern California in the late 1800s. It's about two uh, brothers that are essentially they're assassins mm-hmm. that work for this. Evil. Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley, correct, mm-hmm. who are phenomenal in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work for this commodore of this town in Oregon, and they're setting out to find a prospector who has developed a formula that can um, that can help you find gold more easily in the water. Basically, it's like a divining principle that right. uh, will make the the gold glow. Um, and this Commodore wants him dead and wants them to find out the formula from him. So they 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 have to go out and find him and torture him. At the same time, there is a and the and the prospector is played by uh, Riz Ahmed, who I adore, uh, and play and he's being tracked by a detective, a private detective who's also hired by the Commodore to find him. The brothers have to come in and do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. The inspector is played by Jake Gyllenhaal, so teamed up with Riz Ahmed again after uh, right. Nightcrawlers. Um, and uh, things don't totally go the way everybody planned. I don't want to give the... Yeah, yeah, I typically go through yeah. the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Now, what was the tone of the film? Like, the trailer really kind of, like... Um, couldn't pick a lane. Like, was it yeah. a action western? Was it a comedy? Was, did it mix genres? Was it both? Like, it's funny. What? You know, I've read some things that people have written about it, and they talk about the comedy of the film. The comedy, to me, I, it didn't. I don't consider this film a comedy at all. By okay. Stretch. Well, that's good to know um, because the the trailer kind of did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, there are definitely humorous moments, and there's there's some some laughs in it, mm-hmm. but it's uh, I wouldn't call it a comedy. Um, the director I, Jacques Oudiard. Yeah, Oudiard. Jacques Oudiard, um, and who's done so a lot of uh, sort of world films. He did a there's a couple. Rust and Bone. He did right. a Prophet. Read My Lips. The best that my heart skipped. Yeah. So interesting film. Uh, mm. I I at first, particularly in the first act, wasn't sure if I was really going to enjoy it. Uh, I felt like. I didn't know what this movie was trying to be. Right. At first, it felt like waiting for Godot in the Old West. When was <laughs> two brothers rolling around and like the dialogue was. That'd be very, great if that was, was the pitch. Sold. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even that would be interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could totally buy into something like that. But then it sort of takes a turn. And as the movie went along, I really kind of fell in love with these characters. And I found that all of them were magnetic in their own way. Mm-hmm. I felt like Jake Gyllenhaal he played with his accent in a way that didn't that was off-putting and mm-hmm. i think some people might find that it, it doesn't know what he's trying to be whether he's trying to be like british or sort of like uh, upper class 
westerny? Affectation. Was he trying to do westerny? <laughs> no, he wasn't doing. He wasn't really doing westerny. It was very strange. Mm. But uh, I, I, I think all the cast was great. It was. It was more about um, the like people changing, and you've mm. catching all these folks at an evolution point in their lives. Um, because John, there's a conflict between the two brothers, and that John C. Riley is the older brother who's got this wild child kid brother who is um, he's a loose cannon and he's followed along in this career with him because of this need to protect him it, but he's he's tired he's he's had enough of this of this life whereas Joaquin Phoenix's role character he is just I think it's Charlie is just this is the way we're going why would we ever change we're great at this we're the sisters brothers we're legends you know mm-hmm. Um, and the experience that they have along the way, once they finally encounter the other two, uh, definitely affects both of them. So I really enjoyed it. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it, I, I wasn't sure how I felt in the, in the end. Right. I'm like, it I, won I, you I, over. Yeah, it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because, you know, it, it got me thinking about some of these, you know, postmodern contemporary Westerns that have been made. I think like. To me, there's none better than Un- Unforgiven. One of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite For sure. films. Yeah. And what I liked about Unforgiven is that the approach in that film was it was more about realism than anything else. Like the the pacing in uh, the way seeing the the killings that they did yep. there in credit in, goes to the director without any the Clint yeah, Eastwood the, the way he directed yeah the way he put it together. But there wasn't any glory in the in the right. in the violence. It was a very mm. real look, depiction of violence. Um, this film was more about per. The personas and the, and, and the the interpersonal relationships of the of the people. But but, but good, getting back to Unforgiven, which is a great point, they also talk. I mean, they they kind of were addressing how much violence is glorified in the westerns because that, that kid's like, I want to kill someone. They're yeah. like, You think this is easy? You yeah. think this is fun? Being you know going this is not. And, and my favorite moment in that film was when he kills the guy in the outhouse, and you see the way it, it affects him when he finally did that. He realizes that this isn't something for that I should be glorifying. Yeah. This is this is horrific. Right. I'm not cut out for this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things too is we were talking about pacing. Is uh, um, that movie was so perfectly paced? Like yeah. every single scene, the tension is um, like palpable. Where um, not only is there a slow build on almost every single scene. You don't know what's going to happen at the mm. end of the scene. Is he going to shoot him? Is this is the entire situation going to diffuse? What's going to happen? Mm. And that that's like this mark of like a great director. Yeah, mm. I think the pacing was great in, in Sisters Brothers. It, there's there's some action. There's some there's some, some shootouts yeah. and things like Maybe that. Maybe some some nominations. You think that might come out of this mm. one? I don't know. I, no. I potentially for. Uh, cast for acting mm-hmm. um, it's beautifully shot I mean okay. it's gorgeous and, and I think that's the most western component of the film is the mm-hmm. is the cinematography the sweeping landscapes things like that right um, there are these great moments of action not a lot of it but when they happen it's it's quick and bloody mm-hmm. and um, and there's actually humor in, in those moments mm-hmm. Um and then there's these this sort of slow burn up until that next moment happens, and I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Uh, it starts right out the gates with just pure violence, and that and, and that's yeah. the other thing that's kind of interesting about the film too is that as like Eli, the the John C. Riley character, he's the one that's sort of driving this point about evolving. You see him wanting to become a better person, but it's not because he feels 
what he's doing is wrong. He's, he is really good at killing people. And he, he, you don't see that he feels guilty for it or anything like that. I think he's just exhausted. Mm. Um, and that, and that's, it's a nuance that John, I think only John C. Riley could pull off. He's, he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, one of my favorite performances of the year, for sure. Did oh, you see 310 to Yuma? I did. Yeah. How, do you, how do you, where would you put that compared to this one? Uh, I like, I like this more. I say that my friend JP Jones did props on 310 to Yuma. He did an amazing <laughs> job in that film, too. Um, uh, that one was more to me, I mean, it was also an adaptation, like a tried and true uh, action with uh, Western, with, uh, um, this is more of a portrait of, of humanity, and that one was more about it has the action arc. Action, to it, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, this would be this falls more in the world of True Grit to me. The the adaptation okay. of True Grit. Ah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. That's All a right. that's a good analogy. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get to a White Boy Rick now. Graham, you saw this. Now I didn't get a text halfway through, so I'm assuming you saw the entire thing. <laughs> <Did> that, <laughs> does that happen a lot with you? Guys? Uh, <laughs> that just happened with Predator. Predator. But uh, it, it's uh, when oh, well. when they're truly awful. Yeah, we might. To throw a text back and forth. Are you sure we're doing a spoiler? Do we have to talk yeah. about this? Like, um, you know, I wanted to see White Boy Rick because I like the trailer and it looks like it, and it's based on a true story. Yes. And you know, Matt McConaughey. This is the kind of right up the McConaughey alley. Yeah. And McConaughey alley. McConaughey alley. <laughs> and uh, you know, because he's not being all Lincoln commercially in it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, and then it was interesting. I saw on Rotten Tomatoes that it didn't get that great a number. And I was like, oh, oh really? man. It's actually one of the reasons why I went to Sisters Brothers instead of this this weekend mm-hmm. was, I, I I shouldn't say that. I hate that I, I made my decision based on that. But uh, yeah, I was really disappointed when I read that. I was like, oh, man. But then I went, it's a good movie. Huh. I really liked it. And this kid, and there's a stat, he didn't even know Richie Merritt. He had never heard of Matthew McConaughey. Right. <laughs> and I think that plays like you can kind of tell which is it it's funny the world we live in where someone cannot know who Matthew McConaughey that's really is, funny right because how old is this kid he's like a teenager yeah right? he's like 16 or so 17. he's just watching oh. gaming videos on youtube yeah he's that's, just watching. All, that's all he's watching Unless there's a video yeah. of matthew mcconaughey playing video playing games. minecraft <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's one's it. gonna give a shit <laughs> is matthew mcconaughey on twitch then yeah. <laughs> so um and you know Matthew Mc- and it's based on a true story. I actually watched a little before I saw this a little like uh, documentary about a 30 40 minute documentary that was done by a Detroit news channel. It's basically just like their expose or whatever mm-hmm. about this guy. So it was really intriguing. Yeah. And while the trailer gives up way too much of what happens in the story, mm-hmm. it's still the way they tell it. I was like it was it was intriguing and a bunch of really good actors. It's Matthew McConaughey and a bunch of no names. I mean, mm. there's um, what's her name plays an FBI agent. Let me go back and find this. She's uh, and how is Richie Merritt? He's great. This is his first film, I believe so. That's great because he really like it was. You know, it's weird. I don't think Matthew McConaughey may have known who he was either. <laughs> Pretty sure about that. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey had no idea who this kid was, nor should he. And he, Matthew McConaughey plays a real character in this film, right? Yeah, he's playing his actual dad. And, you know, they that that father-son thing, they did a really... Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee plays the FBI agent. Okay. Um, she's the, and, but she's not like... Uh, 
she's not like a huge A-list box office draw. She's not right. Jennifer Lawrence or whatever. So it's really, it's Matthew McConaughey, but then just an engaging story. Mm-hmm. And what really happened to this guy and how they play it. And it's like, man, did he get chewed up in a shitty system? Right. And, you know, Bruce Dern plays his grandfather who has some small parts that are great. You know what it felt like as I was watching the trailer too? It felt like all those spy and CIA stories of like um, somebody works with the CIA or they become like an informant or whatever and then they, they call it getting burned, like yeah. burn notice where that, that it's what really what it felt like. All right, we're done with you now. Go to prison. You're done. Or uh, disappear. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting how they how they depict that, and then you know he went to jail for thirty years, man, and like whoa, he just got out. He just got out, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. This movie comes out, and like the story is still being written as the movie comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and apparently Mike Young, who we've had, who we actually interviewed at ATC's festival last year, mm-hmm. was involved somehow, Aaron. Right. Wow. Mike Young was? Huh. See, the power our, our of... And then Mike he, Young doing, well, doing good. Yeah. He got him out and then he went to prison in Florida. They, not like, Mike they, Young. Not Mike Young, no, no, the uh, guy. <laughs> He's starting a podcast from... Yeah, <laughs> yeah they grabbed him from, for other charges. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like... It's it's really... And it's, it's the first movie I've seen thus far, at least in this part, where I'm like, okay, this has... This could this kid could get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, wow, um, that'd be so cool. because he does this teenager, you know, and Matthew McConaughey's trying to protect his family. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's Detroit in the eighties. Uh, you know, and and there's even they say there during the at least one week of principal photo- photography uh, in they shot it in Cleveland. Production was briefly halted uh, because there was gunfire in the neighborhoods. <laughs> And they did. It looks. It they did. It looks gritty. It looks eighties. Mm-hmm. It looks Detroit. I mean, it looks like Were people break dancing on cardboard boxes. Uh, <laughs> there was a scene though where they go to a roller rink, mm-hmm. and the music from the eighties because it's all rap and hip hop from right, the eighties. Right. And I was I like, they did a great job with that. And it's really this kid mm-hmm. does a. He's he's a really solid. And there's again, there's a a really an amazing supporting cast of maybe virtually a lot of no names. Maybe right. they have some TV credits, but it's not this A-list powerhouse. Yeah. And so it was really powerful. It's, it's funny, you know, thinking on the Rotten Tomatoes thing and, um, you know, how that can hurt um, a film from winning from categories where it should win. You know, like people might over... This is the thing. It should be a meritocracy for based on the category that you're you're up for, but... I'm I'm a jaded person when it comes to the Oscars because I used I used to have a ballot that was these are the movies that I think should win and these are the ones that I think will win, and you know I, I kept kept breaking my heart to make that other one so I now I always like do my ballot off of who I think will win and 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 ultimately it's it's based on popularity in a lot of ways you yeah know? it's it's puzzling to me i and i agree we do you know we do an oscar we do a should will a should will every year with doug benson where yeah. we do we pick our shoulds and our wills oh you do that oh great yeah, yeah. we do that every year and i don't understand the rotten tomato the low rotten tomatoes number i don't understand where well, they felt mit, what mixed I'll, I'll what, give was you there an anything that of was that off too, for you in terms of the yeah, one of on. the things with Rotten Tomatoes is that the system isn't completely accurate, obviously. But one of the reasons is 
if a reviewer is lukewarm on the film, like, well, yeah. it's okay. Like, there's no choice for that. It's either fresh or rotten. So a lot of oh, okay. so a lot of uh, reviewers that were like mediocre on it. Well, I got to pick one. I, I didn't think it was great, so I got to pick. Yeah, I've rotten. never. I've it's never not like a five star system. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like three and a half. It's stars. binary. This is yeah. Yelp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's I get that's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was. Uh, that question you just asked, Mike, what didn't work for me? I was in the theater trying to go. So you were looking for it. I too. was. Li- I was. Yeah. Looking for it. That's interesting. You know, yeah. I was like, "What's the problem here?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I it felt like the only the main criticism was again the trailer gave me too much information. So I kind of saw some stuff coming, which yeah. is not the movie's fault. It's the trailer's right. fault. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I really. Yeah, it's a, it's a good film. It's worth watching. Yeah. By the way, directors of feature films love when trailers give away too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Matthew McConaughey wasn't too Matthew McConaughey, huh? No, he was he was more. And unless it's that thing where that that you know mainstream critics just turn on on a person, they'll just pick someone. We're done with this guy, and right. they'll just turn on him. So I don't know if there was something, but I was like, no, he was. He was not like, hey man, you know, yeah. like he was playing Critics a, who hate Lincoln's. Yeah, it was it was it was a Detroit. He was playing a Detroit, you know, grifter, who's trying to protect his kids, but he's selling guns. That's how he's feeding his family is selling guns. But he's like trying to take the moral high ground, but not dope. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, see, and, and I think he pulled it off. I yeah. worked with McConaughey when I was doing props awesome. on on a movie that was an example of a film that I thought was not going to be good, but turned out to be a lot better than I thought, and that was um, Magic Mike. Oh! You read the script for Magic Mike, and you're like, "Ooh, boy, <laughs> this is not going to go well." And when we shot it, Soderbergh, he he left a lot of room for um, improvisation, and he he was a master at that, at setting the table for letting them sort of breathe and find their characters. And it he pulled it off. It, it what ended up coming out was not the movie that was originally written, and it was. It was brilliant. I, I thought. I don't know what you guys think of Magic right. Mike, but I thought it was a really fun film. I haven't seen it yet. You know, I haven't seen yeah. it either. Really? Mm-hmm. We should go out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> date, date night. Guys night out. Yeah. Um, Bros yeah. night. So, <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a sponsor. Let's do it. Yeah, right. it's Casper Mattresses. Uh, Graham, tell us about your Casper Mattress. You, you still on it? The, the Casper <laughs> Mattress I slept on last night? Yes, that's I got the a great one. night of sleep this mm-hmm. morning, oh, and God. I woke up. I went on a bike ride. Which is fantastic along the glorious Pacific Ocean. Now, you could have gone on that bike ride without a Casper mattress. No, there's no way. I wouldn't have been able to. My body would have said no. Yeah. But a Casper mattress, I say yes. Mm. Well, Casper is great because they work tirelessly to make a quality sleep service that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. Uh, I don't know why they would make that a talking point, but uh, that's. uh, that's I don't know why you said it that way. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to try to make it creepy. And uh, it's a breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And 20,000 reviews, an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google. It's the internet's favorite mattress. And uh, they offer three mattresses, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's really cool is they have other products, too, like pillows <coughs> and sheets, one-stop shop. They're all designed and developed and assembled in the U.S. And the great thing mm-hmm. is free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada and hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And um, 
So what's great is like, you know, you're on, uh, say you're on day 98. And you know what? You know what? It's not for me. I don't like it. Yeah. You can send, send it, back. it back. Yeah. And uh, the the great thing is terms and conditions apply. But you get $50 off your select mattress by visiting casper.com slash comedy film nerds and using comedy film nerds at checkout. Boom. Not going to let you pay full price. No. Not for you comedy film nerds fans. Not at all. $50 towards select mattresses. All you got to do is visit casper.com slash comedy film nerds and use comedy film nerds at checkout. Boom. A hundred right. day trial. That's yeah, right. pretty great. awesome, uh-huh. honestly. Think about it. It's over three months. That's a lot of sleepy time nights. Well, I think, you know, beds takes a little while to break in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You That's need awesome. at least 30 days to That's figure it out. At least 30 days to figure it out. But they give you 100. That's awesome. So, all right. Patreon sponsors. Yes. $50 a month, guys. We will read your business, your non-for-profit, whatever you want to do. Go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds. Johnny Rulon's still here. He's promoting his novel, Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel. Follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover, T.S., on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And our favorite charity, the Audacity Performing Arts Project. They produce after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. Awesome. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And the podcast, Coffee Over Suicide. A dramedy podcast about choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at randomify.com. R-A-N-D-U-M-B-I-F-Y.com. And we have Alice Frazier, our um, comedian friend from uh, Australia. She was just up at Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. She uh, has the Bugle Coast of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice. She has a series of three solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April of 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. All you got to do is Google Alice Frazier Trilogy for more info. So check it out. That is a long show, three hours. Uh, that is impressive. All right, let's get to some trailers. Uh, Captain Marvel dropped, finally. We've been waiting for this for a while. Yeah. Yes. Let's look at this right here mm-hmm. with Brie Larson. I love how the, the immediately, like, oh, this is the 90s. They do a blockbuster <laughs> yeah, video shot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. What do you think of this costume? Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Captain America wasn't using his anymore, so they had some extra stuffer material. <laughs> and they just made hers from it. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up until I met you today. I love they made this set in the 90s and that Nick so Fury has two you're eyes. Not from yeah. Around here. yeah. It's hard to explain. Cool. So they did, they did the mocap Oh, yeah. They, they, they I keep having Benjamin buttoned up a lot of memories. Cameras. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. character I'm not as familiar with in the Marvel Universe. Well, not as much as Jackie, that's for sure. 
no idea what threats are out there. My, people were, my daughter cracked up. Yeah, yeah. People were actually uh, giving Marvel shit about that when she punches the old lady in the bus. But no, it's a shape-shifting scroll. It's okay. Exactly. She it's can punch an old lady. It's definitely a scroll. Yeah. I'm not what you think I am. Way to take everything seriously. It's a superhero movie. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who did props. Yeah, I thought it would so, be Russell Bobbitt. He does all the... Yeah, uh, I'm Marvel excited films. about this movie. I mean, honestly, Marvel, it's... You know, they just know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, every rollout of every character has been really fun. So, and it doesn't matter if it's a Iron Man or, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, she's yeah. a great actress. I really yes, like Brie she really Larson. is. And yeah. That's I, so smart. You know, you get somebody who can really act... You know, they didn't mm-hmm. just get like a hottie. They got like right. she's a really good actress. Get me a CW yeah. actress. Yeah, yeah, no, they they went. <laughs> They're cheaper. You know, and I'm I'm excited. About I'm pumped it. for the yeah, whole thing. I think it's thing, gonna be man. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm so and this uh, this next trailer is the Bumblebee new trailer, and uh, I'm already saying as we're gonna watch it that uh, I'm ready to be maze runnered on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Charlie Watson. Are you guys Transformer fans? Uh, um, yes, but not of the is films. The for sale? <laughs> okay, that, okay, I'm, I'm with you on that. I grew up watching Transformers, the cartoon in the '80s, and Same. I love the uh, the '80s cartoon. Um, the Michael Bay ones are abominations. I had all the toys. Yes, so totally agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on the movies. You're in a safe place, Mike. Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, when I saw this trailer, I'm like, okay, Michael Bay's got, uh, he's not directing it. Um, it's the guy who did Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, he's directing it. So I'm already a little more interested. So you have no idea where he came from? No idea. And I thought it was going to be a smaller movie, like from the first trailer. It's like just kind of one Transformer and, uh, you know, with the character development. But it's not. It's got John Cena, a bunch of Transformers and explosions, too. Goes to the beach. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. But I love the fact that they're using Bumblebee as the old uh, Volkswagen, because that's how you kind of knew him uh, in the 80s. There's a war raging on our planet. If this criminal isn't found, that war may find its way here. Is there anyone that can help you? Do you have a family? Oh, who would be? Even the transforming looks less dumb in this movie. <laughs> Did they pull some of the transformer sound effects that they used to have in the cartoon? It felt, it feels that way, yeah. These things really are. And it also this, has, that is as that feels like the toys that I have now. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You've seen the fighter there. And you also have the Optimus Prime is the same actor. And then you've got Soundwave, who's also from the uh, and its um, the original stories. Take it down. But Chris, you sound like Chris, you're excited think, for this movie. I, think, I am. I'm. I think, Chris, I, I, you're making me excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't really thought that much about this because yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the split of the movies. Right. But. You're getting me fired up right now. I know it's crazy. Like uh, all right, again, I'll, all right, I'll see it. Against uh, my better judgment, I want to see this movie now. When's this coming out? Uh, Christmas. And I'm not okay. going anywhere. All right. I, I. You're not with us. No. No. <laughs> Fair enough. I, no I can't way. argue with anybody who would not be with you, with, with me on this. <laughs> I can't. Oh, there's a wacky scene in an apartment. Isn't that hilarious? He broke the chair. <laughs> ah, he was too big for the chair. He Get it? like a broken chair. Ah, guy. broken chair jokes are always fantastic. So I'll be here to... Um, Refute? To uh, comfort think, Chris yes. when he comes back uh, crestfallen from yes. seeing this in the theaters. Yeah. yeah, the first thing out of my mouth is going to be, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, really, Chris? Yeah. Who saw this yeah, coming? Yeah. And I'll say, that was a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> 
maybe we'll have uh, Mike on for the spoiler oh, for this wow. one. <laughs> All right. That means I have to go see this? Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely getting a text in the middle of this yeah, movie. Yeah. That'll be a fair text. And uh, Okay, and on DVD Blu-ray, Solo, A Star Wars Story, the movie that made Disney rethink their Star Wars rollout strategy. Yes. Uh, and rightfully so. It's amazing how the executives finally figure out what the fans already knew. I know. Right. Too it, much. Too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. If you yeah. didn't see this movie, I guess it's fine to watch it now. There's some nice Easter eggs in it, but it really misses the mark, which is a no. bummer. It's one of those completely unnecessary. It's like movies that are like, well, this was completely unnecessary. Yeah. I didn't yes. need, as a Star Wars fan, I didn't need this movie. I didn't need it. Um, so Uncle Drew, that's the, uh, I think, Shaquille O'Neal movie, I believe. Uh, yeah, an old it's, man. Uh, it's um, yeah. Kyrie, Irving. Kyrie Irving. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is mm-hmm. the lead. Mm-hmm. John, John Gotti, the Gotti movie with the um, Travolta. So can I just say that's the movie that I'm at, of that list that I'm most looking forward to seeing, just because I've heard it so terrible <laughs> <laughs> that it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Brian, who runs production here, uh-huh. went and saw it in the theater three times just because he, he it made him laugh so much. Because oh it's my so God. bad. So, have you guys seen this movie? No, no way. Uh, I saw yeah. the trailer and went, nope. Yeah, like, really? I'm like, oh. I love a good mob yeah. movie, and I love the John yeah. Gotti story. I, I like a good unintentionally bad, yeah. uh, intentionally good bad that, movie. You know? That makes me want to see it. If it's that bad that it's amazing. Yeah. That's apparently, if you go in with that mindset, like, right. oh, I'm going to laugh right then now. And you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, John Travolta's in another oh. movie. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> with, oh. a, with a hairpiece. Yeah. yeah. And it's not done. <laughs> <laughs> so and the uh, site spotlight the uh, we want to talk about the we've gotten the message boards working again but i was talking to our uh our um webmaster wolfman brian wolf the and, wolf the uh, lobo we do need a board moderator Ooh. so if you're interested in moderating the boards and starting threads and keeping the uh the boards going uh email at info at comedyfilmnerds.com and we will uh, get you set up and hooked up and with the wolfman and you could be our moderator so uh we really want to get these more active on the site and get you guys um more involved in the conversation so we, we really um uh, excited to get this back uh, up and running. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, all right, coming out pre- this week, premiering this week, Night School. Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, Har- uh-huh. and our own Al Madrigal, and Al yes. Madrigal's in yeah. it too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have you seen the movie yet? I got, have not, you got a screener? I not, no. no. <laughs> he did, he likes me, but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that came out. It's an interesting. It's a big mix of films this weekend. Finally, mm-hmm. we're getting more releases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hellfest, which is a um, a horror movie. That um, it's a premise that's been in horror movies for multiple years. Like if you right. if you email if, or if you do a Google on the premise, it's like oh, there's like ten movies that have this premise. But basically, it's a uh, it looks interesting. Yeah, it's one of those movies where it's like okay, there's a uh, theme park with you know the horror mazes and stuff, but a real serial killer gets in and it's killing people for real. But think people think it's kind of part of the show. Got it. So um, we'll see how long that premise last probably about 90 minutes as long as there's uh mm-hmm. dumb teenagers yep. that go to these things mm-hmm. they're gonna get murdered yeah and uh you know it's arguable that some of them may deserve it yeah <laughs> uh and uh smallfoot is the um animated film yeah animated film that looks like uh what's the word i'm looking for awful yeah. I think uh, well I'll tell you as the father of three children mm-hmm. this is the movie on this list I'll probably see first yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say it looks like it might be okay to take uh, your kids to yeah I mean like it'll have enough adult jokes that you'll like yeah. it I think- I've sat through movies that I have no intention well sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm just like okay something something you just do yeah and, and uh, <laughs> I think being a parent I think yeah. if we do go to the movies this weekend as a family most likely we'll see 
house with a clock in its walls because that seemed to interest them more. Yeah, okay. no, so, actually, uh, you're right. They're all on so, board for that one. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, and then The Old Man and the Gun, which is, I believe, um, is that Robert Redford's film? It is. Film, and, yeah. uh, where he's basically an old con who uh, wants to do another job, I believe. He gets out of jail and starts robbing banks again. That's the gist. If okay. I, uh, yeah. uh, so based like, on a book, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Looks like the Gray Fox that I talked about that came out in the 80s. Yeah, which yeah. Is really so, cool so it looks like a fun movie. Now, that's the kind of movie, too, I wish that uh, the release schedules would kind of catch up. Where like, oh, I'd like to see that on demand in my house on the weekend. Mm. You know, as, as a uh, you know release schedule. I can see, like, some of these bigger movies in the theater. But Old Man and the Gun, I feel like that should go directly. If you're going to do a theatrical release, great. But do a simultaneous let me see it on the right. Way. But I'm pushing everybody to night yeah. school this weekend. Let's go yeah. check out Go Al. check out Al Madrigal. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, who's been on this show as well. That makes sense. Kevin Hart, we're waiting on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Have well, Al get him for us. That's yeah. our episode 435. Lock it down. You know what I'm saying? Halfway to 1305. We'll get there. Third of the way, excuse me, to yeah. 1305. <laughs> So 1305 is going to be an exciting episode. Uh, Mike Bertolino, where can people go online? You're on the Twitter, right? I am, at M. Bertolino, I believe. And I think it's the same on Instagram. And if they want, uh, if they're going to be in Phoenix in the end of October, what would they do? Where would they go? They need to go. You you can go to allthingscomedy.com and you can you can find it there. We have mm-hmm. a we have a landing page just for the festival. You can also go to Stand Up Live, uh, which mm-hmm. is a one of our main venues. Uh, in Phoenix um, and tickets are on sale now for a lot of things I think Bill's podcast just went on sale so uh, but either way just you don't need to follow me you need to follow all things comedy you can check us out on Instagram Facebook Twitter um, YouTube but uh, keep tuning in keep laughing Guys, awesome. thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the thanks show. Thanks for having Taking me. This is great. Busy. Yeah, thanks it was. Yeah, it was great. You. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And awesome. if you're in Phoenix, mm-hmm. the end of October, please come out. We'll be there. Comedy filmers will be there. Absolutely. Just giggling our our faces off yes. the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the tagline we have this year is it's gonna it's probably gonna be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'll be in the corner somewhere <laughs> beating a joke into the ground with some comic. That's what <laughs> I'm uh, with an actual club. With, with an actual club, I will have a bat. <laughs> uh, but that's our episode, guys. Please. Uh, Go to the store, and if you were a... Kickstarter backer so for, for Long Ago and Far Away, it is finally here. So I'm we will be starting we'll be starting to send those rewards out this week. Aaron and I, it will be, we have about 400 to get through, so it'll be a couple weeks before we get to all of them, but it will be so there. Cool. So cool. Uh, awesome. Thank you. And uh, it's been years. It'll be done, and it will be in the Comedy Film Nerd store in the uh, next week. So we will be announcing when it's uh, officially for sale Just there. in time for holidays. Yes. I mean, I Perfect. absolutely love the illustrations. This is, this is good. Yeah. It's so cool, yeah. man. Fernando it's Pinto. I'm excited to read this. This is our really fourth Kickstarter project that we've funded. It's, uh, uh, third. Third, right? Mm-hmm. Podfest. Podfest, earbuds. Uh, and this. And this, yep, yep. And it won't be the last. Won't be the last. But See, guys, uh, we might take a break it. in this between. This is what it's all about, <laughs> the entrepreneurial spirit of comedians. Yes. I love it. Love mm-hmm. what you guys do. We're and uh, I can't, don't have anything to announce yet, but talking to publishers, too, about Ooh, getting it out. Uh, fancy even further, yep. Stay so, tuned. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mike Bertolina. Thank you, Aaron or Neil, whatever your name is. <laughs> Stop changing your goddamn name. It's making things very complicated. Uh, we appreciate all the help here at everything at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini, and as always, remember, Han shot first. first.